One third of greenhouse gas comes from food production. One way to reduce those gases is to rethink waste streams from the commercial production of food. I'm Robert Colangelo and this is Green Sense, where we bring you environmental innovations like flow waste. It uses camera-driven machine learning systems that track how food is being wasted and how it can be reduced. We're joined by CEO Ian McDonald, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Rian, in simple terms, uh, what kind of food is the source of waste and what commercial operations produce it? Yeah, I mean, wow, so it's a great question to start off with. Uh, a lot of food is waste is the short answer. So uh, there's a lot of talk around proteins like, you know, beef, pork, chicken. Um, they're obviously hugely carbon intensive. Um, but you see a lot of produce being wasted just because, you know, as soon as it's not fresh, it's discarded. Um, so you see a lot of greens and stuff like that as well. And I'm in the produce business. So I see that there's what we call it shrink or waste uh, happens all along the process from the farm to the consumer at home. Do you want to embellish on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, every single production step leads to some sort of waste. Um, you can never have 100% yield. Um, we primarily focus on proteins and um, just because they're such high value to our, our customers. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, you know, we're, we're trying to make uh, yield go from, you know, 95% to 96% is the type of thing at, at certain, certain steps. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. Yeah. Just a small change could have a big impact, uh, especially when you're dealing with yeah. high, high profit, uh, uh, produce or, or livestock. So uh, as I explained, you set up cameras and you use machine learning systems or AI, artificial intelligence, to track this food waste. Can you explain the kinds of operations that will use this, how those operations work, and how that's going to help them reduce food waste? Yeah, absolutely. So we target all aspects of the, of the food chain. Um, really, our two current uh, sectors primarily are food service, so the likes of cafeteria kitchens um and industrial um protein pro processors so production lines uh, producing those those proteins and so we're installing these cameras and they're basically looking like straight down either on like a table or a production line and it's just automatically gathering this information all the food that's passing underneath it it's you know in real time it's seeing what it is it's classifying it saying it's this type of food it's maybe doing some dimensioning just to see which customer specification it might align to do or what size it is. And then it's giving whatever recommendation based on that. So there's a whole load of data flowing in real time. So you said uh, protein production. Are you talking about a slaughterhouse? <laughs> Was that a euphemism and a nice yeah, way to say it? <laughs> It's a nicer way to say it. Uh, boning halls. So like, you know, the, the next step after, after a slaughterhouse, basically, yeah. So once the cameras identify what's wasted, what do the humans do and how do you stop the waste? Yeah, so really what we do um, in those examples of, of the industrial ones is we can see in real time, like this piece of meat might align to this customer specification. So we can say, oh, this one is a uh, you know, Whole Foods piece of meat or this one's a Walmart piece of meat. And therefore in real time, the butcher can see how they should be trimming it. So they know what a, what a whole foods piece should look like in terms of dimensions and the amount of fat left on and all those things. So them seeing that in real time means that they can actually be more efficient and trim off less and be more precise in those, in those actions. 
So walk us through to help help us understand, because I'm not clear, is, is a piece of meat on an assembly line and then there's a camera and a display that shows what they should do? Yeah, in this scenario, the, the camera is basically right above, just looking straight down at a, a usually it's a, it's a workstation, like a table, um, and the big hunk of meat called the primal, it's just a big piece of meat is dropped on the table, and the butcher you know, has 30 seconds to get the job done, and they'll just have a little screen that can say, it just pops up the information real quick, they take that, they do their operation, and then they put the piece of meat back on the on the production line. Well, thanks. That helps a lot. So the more you use this system, the smarter it gets. How does the machine learning happen? Cool. That's a complicated question. How much time do you have? <laughs> Give us a short yeah, answer. I, <laughs> yeah. So we're you know gathering all, all this information. So it lets us to basically the way the machine learns is it's kind of like a black box, but it's taking all this data and it knows what's right. It knows what's wrong. It knows what it should be looking for. It's kind of like we're training a dog where we're giving it little treats and saying, Oh, that's correct. That's correct. And then it, it, it learns for itself and it gets better and it reinforces itself over time. And then at the same time, you know, we're punishing it when it gets things wrong. Cause so there's a bit of a human in the loop, making sure it's doing it at first. And then when it gets good enough, you can remove the human and it does it itself. So it's a robotic Pavlov uh, experiment there, huh? Uh, with yeah, the bell and the treats and the punishment. Uh, uh, that's, that's pretty amazing. And I imagine as it learns, it learns faster. Uh, uh, so, so it just yeah. gets more efficient every day. Um, can you yeah, tell 100%. us a little bit about the economic and financial impact? Uh, how does this help uh, save money? You talked about maybe just a small percentage increase. So what, what does that actually mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, a ton of food is wasted, um, but really, yeah, we're trying to make those small changes, which add up over the course of a month or a year. Um, with our customers, we aim to uh, basically, you know, chew a, a sort of 10x return on investment on whatever the subscription cost they're paying us is. So that can come from, you know, reduction in those trimmings or uh, what's called giveaway. So if you go into a uh, shop and you buy like a two like a whatever 225 gram steak chances are it's a couple of percent over because they needed to just make sure that they met that uh, specification and um, we can get them closer to that specification so they're running running leaner all those little changes really really start to add up at scale so a big issue that i've got to ask is uh, who gets to keep all that data <laughs> uh, we 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 keep we keep our data uh, that data must be valuable. Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, that's, you know, part, part of this is the ability to plug it in anywhere uh, all along the food chain. Um, so having information at all aspects of the food, food chain is a, is a way to optimize the entire system and is a way to reduce waste at every single step, which can have, you know, a huge sustainability impact in the long term. So what's, you know, you mentioned it. So tell us the environmental impact uh, in terms of uh, emission reduction and other environmental impacts from implementing your system. Yeah. So our goal as a company really, uh, and it's at the top of our at top of our whiteboard, is to achieve a 1% reduction in global greenhouse gas emissions directly by our, by our company. Um, and we know that that's achievable if we can actually scale appropriately across, you know, across the world in these types of locations. 
Um, but that's going to take, you know, that's going to take five, 10 years, hopefully to, to get to that sort of scale. So that's pretty uh, impressive. You recently raised a pre-seed round of funding and uh, tell us what stage your technology's at. Is it commercialized and it's ready to sell? Or are you still at a field test level? Yeah, so we just closed that funding uh, four or five weeks ago now. Um, really where we're at is we have some paid pilot customers, which we've been working with for the last four or five months. Um, we've signed expansion agreements with those. Um, so one of those is actually a Chicago-based cafeteria supplier called Gourmet Gorilla. Uh, they service 150 school cafeterias, and we start to scale to 50 of those. Uh, and, you know, we're monitoring their, their kitchen and the waste associated with those school lunch meals effectively. Um, yeah. So it sounds like you're signing a number of these locations and that the last nine months has been pretty exciting for you. How do you convince companies that using this flowway system is a good idea and it's going to make them money and uh, help them be more sustainable? Yeah, uh, the way we really see it is like our core mission is obviously that sustainability. And that's what, you know, got me into it. And that's what got all the other team members into it. Um, but when we're selling it to these companies, like they, they don't want to be unsustainable. They do want to be sustainable, but they need to know that they're not losing money while being sustainable. Um, so that's we we sell it on the financial aspect. We say that you know if you are more efficient here, if you are reducing your loss, you're increasing your yield in this food system, you're going to make more money. Um, and we lay out that financial case, and then there's a nice benefit of you know you're actually helping the world here in terms of greenhouse gas emissions. So you've graduated from Trinity College in Dublin, and just last year you earned a master's of science degree at Notre Dame. I don't think you started out as a kid and said, "Hey." I want to stop food waste. <laughs> How'd you get involved with this field? Yeah, wow. It was actually basically while I was at Trinity, um, I was doing a dissertation there. And by that time, I had sort of decided whatever I did in my life was going to be sustainability focused in some way. I had no idea on the problem of food waste at the time. Um, but the food waste, food waste was the topic that sort of was the most sustainably focused um, in those in those projects. So I left at the chance to do that. Nine months of talking to hundreds of people, you know, stakeholders, benchmarking, need finding there really came to the conclusion that, for example, uh, food waste is six times worse than global aviation in terms of impact uh, for greenhouse gases. Food contributes to basically a third of our greenhouse gases as humans um, when all is said and done. Uh, so it seemed like as good a place as any to start. Um, so I dove in. I went to Notre Dame and I, I kept, it, kept it up on the side while, while there. That's pretty impressive. Well, there's a lot of interest and a lot of innovation needed to curb food waste. Uh, and we clearly have a ways to go if we're really going to make a dent in it, especially as you mentioned, agriculture produces so much of an impact to the planet. Have you seen interest grow in this sector since you've been involved with it? Definitely. Uh, the last 12 to 18 months, there's a clear uptick in even just like publications and people, you know, it's, it's more in the, in the public consciousness, I would say. Uh, that's definitely clear. And, and that helps us. And, and it's clear that, especially in Europe, uh, I'm sort of, you know, both sides of the Atlantic, so I, I can see both. 
but the US is, you know, coming up behind getting more sustainability minded and, and seeing the true impact and and realizing that the world is in fact, you know, on fire and and slowly dying. And we should probably do something about that. So I've spent a lot of time in Europe, especially with the Dutch. They're some of the better uh, indoor growers. Um, why is Europe so far ahead when it comes to food packaging, uh, management of food waste, uh, just uh, management and the environment in general? What's your thoughts seeing both sides? Yeah, it's a it's a difficult question. I don't know if I'm conscious of offending people when I answer it. Um, genuinely, I I do think um, it's it's an interesting one. I think it's it's literally it is a cultural difference in terms of there is more of an emphasis on um, shareholder capitalism in America and driving the bottom line. And you know that's all said and done. That's the way it is. Um, in Europe, there is definitely less of an emphasis on that, particularly in, in mainland Europe or in, you know, in Germany, Switzerland, Austria. There's more of a push towards um, not needing to bleed the profit line and like put all your resources towards getting a, a short-term profit. They look at things on a longer time scale of, are we going to be making a profit in 50 years time or 70 years time with this company, as opposed to what the next five to seven years looks like. Um, and that, that leads to more sustainability as well. My observation was that's partly true, but it's also partly true that they're a lot more parsimonious with resources. It's, uh, you know, it's an older, more mature uh, civilization. They have to, you know, things are very expensive there. So it drives people to be much more, uh, I think, conservative in their use of resources. So maybe it's a little bit of both, but either way, there's a lot we can learn from Europe. Um, in closing, any last uh, words of advice you'd like to pass on? Words of advice. Oh, where to start? Um, well, if anyone has any words of advice to me, please feel free. I, I don't know. I'm learning on the job here. Um, I mean, I, my, my words of advice that I always give to anyone is if there's anything I've learned in the last 18 months, um, always take the phone call with someone. Anytime anyone wants to have a conversation with you, always track. There's always, you know, always someone you can know that can, that can help you or you can help them. And that's definitely proved um, useful um, and it's definitely a, a better way to conduct business and just like just have a conversation and, and, and you know be willing to open yourself up to people because it can it can work out quite well well we appreciate you taking our call and it was really uh, enjoyable talking to you as a young man uh, trying to make a change out there we commend you on your efforts and thanks for being on the show cheers Robert that's Rian McDonald, CEO of Flow Waste. Find out more about them at flowwaste.com. I'm Robert Colangelo. This is GreenSense. You can learn more about us and subscribe to our podcast at greensensefarms.com. And check out the GreenSense Minute on Thursdays and Saturdays on News Radio 105.9 WDBM Chicago.